Greetings, everyone. We're very pleased on this episode to have joining us Dr. Jane Purvis, the president of the Ontario Rheumatologist Association and a practicing rheumatologist in Peterborough, Ontario. Dr. Purvis, thanks for joining us. How are you today? I'm doing very well. Thank you, Kelly, and thanks, Ace, for inviting me to participate. We wanted to talk to you today about the rise of virtual care telehealth during the past three months of the pandemic. It's certainly not something new to Canada, but we certainly have seen an increase as arthritis patients in this case are staying at home, particularly those with autoimmune disease um, who have a serious risk of infection, um, but also medical offices and clinics are closed medical appointments are being canceled, face-to-face -face meetings aren't happening. Um, we've therefore have this sort of ripe ground um, for another way to deliver healthcare. And I guess to start off, um, we'd like to find out your uh, perspective, the experience of other doctors who you represent at the ORA, um, uh, what the experience has been like delivering telehealth or virtual care. Well, the first thing I'd like to say is that it, this has existed in the province of Ontario for some time in, in several but more limited uh, ways. And then with the pandemic onset, the government of Ontario changed the regulations around phone call visits and all video platform visits to allow us to use those tools. So we went from having only access to the Ontario telehealth network, which was something that some people have started to use, but was mostly being used um, for doctors who were seeing their patients in the North, um, or like he was significant geographic uh, disparity to all of a sudden everybody using every method that they could. Uh, till this day, I still haven't started uh, seeing patients live in my office, uh, primarily due to a lack of personal protective equipment but also because right now I've been doing the, almost all my visits uh, by uh, a virtual meeting rather than in person. Prior to this, I had registered but had not started using the uh, available method before called OTN. I'd signed up for it but hadn't done anything about it. And I'd also signed up for Medio but hadn't done anything about that either. And suddenly I'm, uh, I'm using them all. So you mentioned uh, rural and remote communities and how we've been delivering uh, telehealth to patients living in those areas for a while now. Maybe um, before we get into some specific questions, because I know you want to talk to us about a survey that the ORA has conducted. Just generally speaking, what are some of the advantages and disadvantages of virtual care? Well, in the past, the virtual care used to be offered only by going to an OTN center. So a patient and usually a local um, healthcare worker would meet at a hospital where this big camera sat. And then the, um, the care provider at the other end would also have to be somewhere where a camera was. So the technology was uh, geographically challenging and very unwieldy. And though I never used that, there were times where things didn't work. But as time has gone by, the ability to access the Ontario telehealth network from handheld devices on the patient's end and from the uh, um, care provider's laptop suddenly became an option. And that's made it much more user-friendly. 
Um, what's often done in the far north is that a arthritis society therapist would be with the patient and they would be then meeting with the uh, a physician, let's say, in the southern part of Ontario, or even the patient would be having a distance meeting with the arthritis society therapist. And, that, and that's what we've heard uh, over the past few years from, from our members uh, here at ACE. Um, certainly a lot of arthritis patients have mobility issues. And we've been hearing from them that the fact that they don't have to, you know, use public transport, don't have to sit and wait in the car, don't have to sit and wait in clinic too long, um, it's making their lives a little easier. Um, I've just got a couple of comments that we've received from uh, some of our members uh, about the, the virtual care experience before we talk to you about some of those insights from your survey, but just from a patient perspective, patient input. Um, one of our members said that their experience has been good. I know it's not appropriate for all visits, but I appreciate not having to travel in, being exposed to whatever I would be in the office and just get down to it on the phone with my list of questions instead. Another patient said the call was just as thorough as an in-person appointment with the exception of a joint exam. It was incredibly helpful. I'm not sure what I would do if I didn't have access to telehealth during this time. So those are just some of the observations from patients. Um, let's talk a little bit about the survey that the ORA has conducted. Um, what, um, what are some of the, uh, I guess, most interesting uh, findings or learnings that you've gained through this survey? And, and who, who did you actually talk to? Well, the survey was sent out to all of the Ontario Rheumatology Association members, but it was also sent to uh, um, respirologists, endocrinologists, um, neurologists, allergy immunologists, and pediatricians. Um, much lower percentage numbers in those groups, but they went out to some of those people as well. Um, the interesting thing was that basically almost 100% of people were using virtual care. Um, a lot of it done on the phone. Um, some of it being done, maybe 40% on the Ontario Telehealth Network, and then the rest of it being done on other alternate video platforms, um, because it was basically left to the provider to use what platform they could get their hands on. And what, um, when you ask them to, to rate the experience um, negative to positive, what, what did you find out? Uh, basically, 47% were satisfied and 25% were neither satisfied or dissatisfied. So people generally found that the providers were finding the experience um, positive. And were you able to ask them um, how they perceived their patients' experience? I think generally they felt that almost 100% of patients were very satisfied with having a chance to speak with their or physician, whether it was through video or for phone, um, I think they all found it was really helpful, particularly in this extremely um, angst-ridden times that people are in. I think they found it very reassuring and helpful. If, if a patient asked you or, or shared with you some concerns they had that they felt maybe this wasn't, it wouldn't be as thorough as an in-person visit. One of the patient comments that I offered there was about the joint exam, for instance, or maybe it's a shorter visit. Um, that, that could be a perception, um, but it might not be the reality. Well, we did ask that question in our survey and actually 80% said they were spending at least the same amount of time or more 
um, doing the virtual calls than they would have in person. Um, and a lot of the uh, information that you can get from patient reported outcomes in that, as well as patients being able to look at their own joints and saying if they're swollen or not, all that information um, I think is still being collected and is very valuable. That's really, really interesting. And obviously um, the experience that you're, we're having right now, these sorts of findings that you're able to collect in your survey, um, it's going to have a, an impact in the long term that this could be, you know, people are sort of trying to, to figure out, you know, what are the legacies coming out of the pandemic uh, in terms of the delivery of healthcare uh, moving forward? What do you think, based on this experience, the future, where is the future of telehealth or virtual care going? Well, I would think that there are probably two solitudes on this one because only 40% of the patients that the physicians were caring for were actually able to access video care. And I think the further you get away from downtown Toronto, the lower the speed of the internet and the lack of access to the right uh, equipment um, starts to come up. And then the phone becomes required. Certainly people who are older with either vision or hearing issues, this is something very challenging. So it, for some people, works really well. And for other people, either the technology isn't available or the skill level isn't there, or it's just not something they want to pursue. So we still have 60% of people who are going to be just on the phone for now. But perhaps one of the things that we'll see, and I've heard the federal government talking to this, is to try and improve the access to high-speed internet. Because out um, of the bigger cities, that is a big need. And certainly the students have found that trying to do online school, that there are some places where the internet's just not able to handle that. But in terms of the patients who can access it or even getting a phone call, uh, you know, we always say in my office in Peterborough that there's usually two days in the winter where we just cancel the whole day because of a snowstorm. And now what we would do is we predict that in advance and I would, you know, telehealth everybody or I would phone them and it would save them the trip. A lot of my patients are older and some of them are traveling more than three hours to come. And if they're stable, and if I've seen them once in the year, let's say in the summer, I would be able to do their, their winter visit virtually, and I would be able to listen to any concerns. I would be able to look at their blood work with them, renew their prescriptions, send them the lab test forms. So I think we'll be able to get rid of a lot of um, more perilous travel um, based on weather, and also for people who find it hard to get out, um, we can also tackle some of the appointments that way. Your survey looked at the situation as it is currently in Ontario. I'm, I'm wondering about other provinces. So is there, a, is there a framework or are there guidelines that all of the province and territories are looking at and trying to implement or in sort of a typical Canadian healthcare fashion, is it fragmented that there are different levels of virtual care sophistication uh, from province to province, territory to territory? Well, once again, healthcare would be provincial. Uh, we know that British Columbia has been doing telehealth with success for some time. Ontario has had it, um, but it had been in a restricted form, um, basically only with the OTN platform, and now other platforms are being accepted. Uh, but I think it's still in its infancy, and I can imagine that each province is probably going to come up with their own standards. Hopefully, it will be a fairly uniform standard. 
across the whole country. I can't speak to provinces like the Atlantic provinces as to how much uh, telehealth support they have there, um, but it's it's bound to get, there's bound to be more than less, I would say, given technology, given now that people have had a chance to experience it, both the patients and the, the treating um, healthcare providers, people aren't gonna wanna go back and say, well, I have to go and drive for two hours to sit in an office beside people who've got who knows what to be told one thing that that is not something that anyone's going to want to do unless they know that there's real value in it for them now. One of our education programs is joint health education. We spend quite a bit of time there helping people uh, understand uh, the nature of that consultation or that visit with their rheumatologist and how to prepare for it. I'm just wondering um, for our viewers, sort of a final comment from you, Dr. Purvis, what makes a good uh, telehealth or virtual care meeting between a patient and their physician? In this case, let's say a specialist, a rheumatologist, what are some of the things that patients should be thinking about as they prepare for that visit? Well, the first thing that I would say if you're going to try and do the video visit is to give it a test run first if you can and just make sure you understand how to sign on because I've already done several with people who thought they'd figured it out but the video wouldn't work or the audio didn't work. I did one with a patient who was sideways the whole way through the thing because they weren't able to get their camera um, aligned properly. So there's some technical things at the beginning but the most important parts once you get past that is just to make sure that you've got your medication list or your medications close by and if you have any specific concerns or questions, to make sure you've got those jotted down so that you get your questions answered by the end of the visit. Having some recollection of how things have been over the last little while um, would be very helpful. And I think going forwards, we're going to be soon starting to email people the patient-reported outcome questionnaires in advance that you'll be able to share back even before your appointment. So for those patients who are, are you know, on the more technical side of things, uh, there's going to be a little bit of kind of pre-work that instead of doing it when you come to the office, you'll be able to do it in the days prior to your appointment and send it in. So virtual care, I mean, from the sounds of it, the way you're describing it, it's a win-win-win. It's a win for patients. It's a win for the healthcare provider and ultimately a win for the system, the healthcare system. Uh, it'll would, be interesting. Sorry? I said I would definitely agree. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see you know, as we uh, as we start to reopen, as we as we hopefully get out of this pandemic over the next 12 to 18 months with a vaccine, um, what that lasting legacy will be? What have we learned, and how can we apply those lessons uh, in the future for healthcare delivery in Canada? Dr. Purvis, we want to thank you for taking time joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thanks again for joining us. And thank you, uh, ACE members, uh, for joining us for another episode. And please uh, visit us again next week for some new episodes uh, on our program. Thank you.